Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com Commit to my VIP program. Speak English fluently and powerfully and confidently. Think in English. That's the key to speak English effortlessly. That's what effortless English means. It means when you speak English, it feels effortless. It feels effortless. You got to train to do that. Train with me. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. continue yesterday's discussion. In the introduction to the seven habits of highly effective people, Stephen Covey talked about, he called it P, C, and P. Which is kind of a, I don't know, I don't really like that vocabulary choice that, that he's using. P means product. PC means production capacity. Stephen Covey uh, was a business consultant, so he worked with a lot of very large businesses. Teaching them leadership and management skills and things like that. So, these uh, word choices, this vocabulary choice he's using, production, capacity, and product, they're very industrial, right? Very, uh, it's like, it sounds like a factory to me. Production com- capacity, right? That's how much a factory can make in one week or one day in some time period. And then product, that's what the factory actually makes. production capacity is the potential the long term potential the capability of the factory and the product that's the actual thing so an easy example would be a car factory let's say you know the production capacity of the car factory maybe it's um I don't know, uh, 50 cars per day. I don't know how much real car factories make, but let's just, as an example, 50 cars per day. That's the production capacity potential of the factory. Each of those cars, each of those cars is the product. Now, it might be possible, right? Uh, the company, maybe they decide, ah, oh, we want more cars per day. Then we make more money. So maybe they, they make the workers work overtime. And they push, 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 right? And maybe they can push the workers and the equipment faster, right? They don't stop... T- They don't slow down to repair anything. They don't spend money to repair the equipment or maintain it. (laughs) 
and they push, push, push the employees. Well, that will give them a short-term increase in product, right? In the short term, right, in one day or one week or one month or maybe even for several months, they can increase the amount of product they make, they get, each day, each week, each month by doing those things, right? By pushing the factory, the workers and the equipment. Gives a short-term benefit, but there's a cost. And you can imagine the cost quite easily. With the employees, there's a cost. They're going to get tired. They're going to get tired eventually, working overtime, 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 being pushed, pushed, pushed too much. Uh, Many of them will get unhappy and some of them will quit. So now... The factory will be losing its most experienced, maybe, uh, its more experienced workers, and they have to hire new workers, which it costs money to train the new workers. The new workers are not as good. The new workers are not as fast. For the workers who stay, their motivation will drop, right? They're... We say their morale, their overall motivation and uh, good feelings about their job working there. It's going to go down. Their energy is going to drop. Even just their physical energy will drop over time if they are pushed too much, too much, too much. And on the equipment side also, right, if... If the factory, if the business doesn't slow down sometimes to repair little small breaks, little small problems, if they don't maintain, spend time to maintain the machines well, if they don't spend money to upgrade and improve some old machines or machines that are somewhat broken... Again, for a while, they can save money for the short term. For a while, they can push the machines to go faster than they should. So again, they're getting the short-term benefit. More cars, more cars, more cars every day. But again, there will be a long-term cost because eventually the machines will start breaking more and more. And they'll break in bigger ways. And eventually, if the company continues to push, 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 push the factory too fast, eventually these problems will start to add up. The problems with the workers, the problems with the equipment, and then they'll hit a point where these problems will become so frequent and these problems will become so big that the production will start to drop. The number of cars per day will drop. Maybe they start at 50. That's kind of the perfect level, right? They can make 50 cars per day and the workers are happy and the equipment is working well and the business is making you know a good profit. That's kind of like the ideal point. But they get greedy. They get greedy and, ah, let's push. Right? This quarter. This a quarter's three months. This quarter, we need to make increase our profit so our stock price will go up. So they push, they push, they push, they push. And indeed, they get it up to 75 cars per day. They're making 75 cars per day. Their, their short-term profit goes up. They're getting a lot more product in the short term. But then, they keep pushing because they're greedy. What happens? Employees leave. Employees become unhappy. Employees become tired. Employees get sick. Employees get injured. 
equipment starts to break, all kinds of problems. So then it drops 75, down to 70, down to 60, down to 50. They keep pushing. It gets even lower. It drops down to 45, to 40, to 35 a day. Worse than it was before. That's what can and usually does happen when you neglect, when you don't take care of, when you don't take care of the factory. So that's what he means by that's production capacity. Now I like a different. I do like different words. I'm going to use different words, different vocabulary that are more general. Like I said, his Stephen Covey's choice of vocabulary for these ideas. It's okay. I understand. He he was a business consultant. He's using a kind of business industry vocabulary. But I think something more general would just be asset and benefit. Asset and benefits. Really benefits with an S. Asset and benefits. That's very general, right? Again, an asset is something that creates benefits. The asset is the is the thing or the characteristic or the ability that you have long term and the benefits are the good things you get from that asset every day, every week, every month, every year. So these are more general words, asset and benefits. So we have financial assets, which we talked about in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right? A business in general, a whole business is an asset. And what does it do? It produces benefits. The most obvious benefit is money, a profit. That's the benefit to the owners of the business. But all it produces benefits for the employees, gives them a job, gives them a paycheck, also money. Uh, if it's a good business, if they're doing something fairly positive, well, another benefit could be you know, that they're providing something useful or helpful to their customers. The whole business itself, that's the asset. And it produces those benefits. But we can think of it assets also uh, just inside of ourselves, in terms of our own uh, mind. We have mental assets, which is what Stephen Covey was calling character. Character. Our character in general, overall, our character. All of our internal, all of our mental habits, mindsets, abilities, are assets, right? Can't see them, can't touch them, but they're still assets. In fact, they're the most powerful assets, which we'll discuss in a minute. So, for example, self-discipline is an asset. Your self-discipline, as you develop self-discipline. And this is a mental asset. It's a mental ability. You develop it in yourself. The ability to do what you know you should do, what you want to do, to have that discipline, that strength, that even when you feel lazy, you still do what's necessary. It's self-control is what it is. You're the master of your own mind. That's self-discipline. Self-discipline, self-control, self-mastery. Different way to say the same basic thing. Mastery of your own mind. Mental mastery. That is your best asset of all. As you develop that, it will create many, 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 many benefits. I mean, benefits, like you might making more money, uh, more success with school, more success getting good jobs, uh, more success in relationships, more success um, being happy, more success in all areas of life from this at one asset of 
self-discipline, mental discipline, self-mastery. And of course, there are physical assets, physical assets. So a factory is an example of that. A factory for business, that's a physical asset, right? It's equipment, it's real stuff. You can touch, you can pick it up, you can see it. Those are physical assets. Each of those uh, machines in the factory is a physical asset. And that machine will make something. The product, the benefit. Your house, let's say you buy a house, you have a house, you buy a house, you build a house, you have a house, and guess what? That is also a physical asset, right? It's a physical asset, and it gives benefits. What does it give benefits? Well, it protects you from rain and snow and sun, protects you from the cold and the heat and the wind and all of that. It's a physical asset that gives you long-term benefits. It will give you these benefits for many, many, many years. But here's the thing about assets. You have to take care of them. You have to build them, first of all. You have to build them, create them, build them. And then after you build them, and they're giving you benefits. You can't, you can't leave them alone. You can't forget them. You have to continue to take care of them, right? If you want to get the benefits, continue to get the benefits of that asset, you have to take care of it some. So you've got to continue over time to put some energy into that asset. Or if it's a business or something, that might mean money also. But you have to put some time, you have to put some effort, some energy to take care of the asset. Now the good thing is, when you do that, once you make an asset, after you build it, keeping it is easier. Building it is usually the hard part. That usually requires the most energy, the most money, the most time. After it's built and it's producing the good benefits, well then to maintain your asset is usually much easier. And usually, <laughs> if, the as if it's a really good asset, it will give you more than you put in. But you still must put something in. You can't just take, 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 take from the asset only, getting greedy, because then gradually that asset will start to get weaker, fall apart, disappear. So if you have a business and it, you build up a business and it's making money, you, you gotta, it, it's great, it's gonna be paying you money every month, every month, every month, every month, but you gotta take care of it. Now you can usually relax a little after it's finally successful and profitable for a while, but you cannot just totally forget it. You cannot just totally ignore the business because eventually then it will go down. I think the two things that usually destroy assets are number one is greed, which Stephen Covey gave us the good example of that. And number two is laziness, neglect. Laziness and neglect. Neglect means, again, to neglect means it's the opposite of take care of. It means to not take care of. If you neglect children, it means you don't, you don't feed them, you don't take care of them. Neglect. So these are the two dangers with asses. Greed and neglect, and they're connected. But greed comes from, of course, wanting more, more, more. Wanting to take, take, take more, more, more from the asset. Trying to take too much from it. Trying to get too much, right? Trying to get too many benefits from it. Becoming too selfish, too greedy. 
and when you take too much and you don't give back, when you don't take care of that asset, then eventually it's going to get worse. And then the second one, neglect. Sometimes neglect comes from greed, just taking, 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 and not putting back in, not taking care of. But also neglect can also come from just laziness, right? A kind of selfish laziness where ah, I just don't want to make an effort anymore to take care of this asset. And this is true for your internal assets, right? Mental discipline, for example, self-discipline. Well, that can be hard to develop sometimes, especially if, uh, as a child, your parents didn't uh, help you or teach you to have strong self-discipline. But even if they did, it's just tough. It's hard to develop strong mental self-discipline. It takes a lot of effort. It takes uh, a long time. But here's the thing. Let's, maybe you do. You develop. You work on it. And you, you have much more mental discipline. And you'll get great benefits from that. But you have to be careful because then there's a... It's very easy then. I was going to say there's a tendency to... Or it's quite easy then to get lazy. To think, oh, I'm getting the benefits now. Right? I worked so hard for mental discipline. I worked really hard. I developed this discipline and... But now I'm getting the benefits. Now life's getting easier. Now I'm having more success. So I'm just going to get lazy. I can relax now. Now I can relax. I don't have to be so disciplined anymore. This is a common thing when people become more successful in general in life and in different areas of life. Right? Many, many times they, they become too relaxed because they're getting the benefits. Everything's getting easier now. And they start to think, well, I don't need to be so disciplined anymore. Now I've got the money. Now I'm doing well. Now I'm successful in some way. Right? They forget the asset. They forget that asset of self-discipline. They forget they have to take care of it. And so then they start to become lazier and lazier. They, they begin to lose that self-discipline. The self-discipline gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And eventually, not immediately, but later on the long term, those benefits, all those great benefits they were getting will start to go away or go down. This is very clear physically. Right? You, you lift weights, you lift weights, you have a lot of mental discipline, a lot of physical discipline with exercising and working hard, and you get, and now you've got strong muscles, you're strong, you're in great shape. Well, then it can be, be easy to say, wow, I, I arrived, now I'm here. And then start to get a little lazy again. But what happens? If you get lazy, you stop working out, or you, you work out less, your discipline gets less and less and less. Oh, for a while, you're probably okay, but then your strength will start to drop and then drop a little more and then drop a little more, gradually going down. Assets. You've got to take care of them. And really, I think what Kiyosaki was telling us with just with money, what Stephen Covey's telling us in general, is to focus on assets. Focus on creating and taking care of those assets. Most people focus on the product. Most people focus on the benefits. They just get completely obsessed with the benefits. This is why recently I've talked a lot about how purpose is more important than goal goals, right? Because purpose is about creating those assets. It's an asset mindset. Character. Character is an asset. Right? Those those qualities in yourself, who you are, patience, you know, goodness, morality, honesty, self-discipline, simplicity, 
self-control, generosity. These are character traits and they're assets. They're assets which will benefit you all your life. On the other hand, you know, making a specific amount of money or achieving a specific goal, those are products, those are benefits. But the products can go, they can go up and they can go down. And the problem is in our, in our modern world, especially now, we are so, so focused on the short term, right? Everything's now, 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 now. I want more now. I want my goal now. I want to be rich now. I want to be completely happy right now. I want love and respect now. I want you know, mastery of English right now. It's a dangerous, uh, it's a dangerous thing to focus on too much. You know, a little bit, of course, a little bit. You want to focus on those shorter term things, but it's very dangerous because when you focus too much on the shorter term benefits and goals, it, it, you get pulled into the greed. You get your your vision gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and you're you you think just very short term, and that's when it's easy to become greedy. Now, 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 more, 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 and that's when it's easy to completely forget about the asset. That's when it's easy to try to cheat get something quickly. Right? If you want to get rich, for example, if you want to get rich, it's definitely possible to uh, to get rich by stealing and lying and cheating. And, you know, a good number of people do that. It's that short-term mentality. Right? Just cheat and lie and steal. Give me money now. They don't want to develop an asset. They don't want to take the time for that character. And a lot of them do it. But then later in life, what happens? Well, <laughs> many of them get caught. Many of them get caught. And then it all falls apart. It's a big disaster. And even the ones that don't get caught, we say, oh, well, they didn't get caught. But what have they done? They, they have no character. They're not happy. Okay, because they didn't develop anything inside. We see this again. I love to use Hollywood as an example because it's such a obvious example where you see these Hollywood people and uh, oh, they'll get quick fame and fortune. They'll be making lots and lots of money and fame and everyone's following them around, taking their pictures. And they have great skills. Great personality skills, right? You see them in... Uh, on talk shows being interviewed oh they seem so charming so interesting such wonderful interesting charming people and many of them become arrogant right they there you see them in the news all the time lecturing us telling us how we have to live right uh, telling us or telling certain people how they're not good enough and, oh, you need to do this, and you need to do that. Telling people about politics and economics. and They're really good at that. They seem so, so, so wonderful. And then what happens? Again and again and again and again and again and again and again. If you do a little research and you start to read about these people and you start to get a little more information, especially after many many years, the stories start to come out about the truth that these are miserable, horrible people. Miserable, terrible people. They're professional liars. I mean, that's what they do. That's their job is to lie professionally. Yes, they're very good at it. Their job is to pretend. They're pretenders, professional pretenders. They're very good at pretending to be interesting and wonderful and moral, but they're not. They're the exact opposite of this. And we shouldn't be surprised anymore. Shouldn't be surprised anymore when you find out that they actually 
the man you know beats his wife and the the woman is constantly cheating on her husband and that they're doing drugs and that they're alcoholics and that they steal and that they do terrible things to children and that they're liars and uh, right because they have focused all of their energy on the short term the personality side give me those benefits now right now and they completely ignored character those, that deeper those deeper internal assets yeah, I've noticed a pattern with these Hollywood f- people musicians, actors, all of them even the, the business ones in Hollywood when they're young they seem like everything's going great but they do not age well they age very, very badly when they start hitting their 50s and 60s. Oh my God, you can just see it in their face, hear it in their voice. They're big, they're just miserable people. Miserable, miserable, miserable. It all falls apart. That's the danger. That's perhaps the, maybe the biggest, strongest example of people who focus totally and completely on the benefits, the benefits, the short-term benefits, the personality side, and they, and they do indeed get huge, big benefits in the short-term. And for the short-term, I mean, you know, for years and years and years. But then they pay a terrible, terrible price later. Because it all falls apart because it's built on nothing. It's built on lies and pretending and greed and cheating. No character. It's tempting though. It's easy. I, I understand. It's easy. It's easy. It's so, it seems so attractive on the surface, right? To, to see that, it just seems so wonderful. I mean, they're really good at marketing it. The whole media, you know, the whole television industry, the whole movie industry, newspapers, all of it makes it look so wonderful and glamorous. It's, it's a great illusion. It seems so attractive. Oh, if I could just be famous. If I could just have lots of money right now, I'd be I'd feel wonderful. I'd be happy. Just like these magical people they're showing me. They look how happy they are sitting on the couch at the talk show laughing. <laughs> oh, wearing their wonderful clothes and they seem so wonderful. Right? I know it's it seems it's very attractive. It's hard work to build those assets. It's hard work to develop character and it's slow work. But it's strong. It's strong. It's deep. This is the tough thing when you focus on the assets, when you focus on character. The tough thing is that you don't see a benefit immediately. Sometimes for months and months and months, sometimes for years and years and years, there's no obvious outward benefit. In a business, you could start a business and build it, and it's possible for many years that it doesn't make much money. Maybe just a, just enough to survive, not much. And you're working on it, and you're working on it, and you're working on it. And on the outside, it seems like not much benefit. But you, can, you keep developing it. You keep improving it, improving it. You continue to learn those business skills. And little by little, little by little, little by little, that business gets stronger and better and grows. And you're building it right. You're taking care of that asset, making it strong, little by little. But for a while, it seems like there's no benefit. 
But then what happens? Finally, yes, it grows, it grows, it becomes more and more and more profitable. And then it's strong. The business is strong and also you are strong because you took time to really learn those business skills. You took time to go through ups and downs, to deal with problems, to get all that experience. Now you have a very strong asset that will give you those benefits for years and years and years and possibly for a whole lifetime. But so many people, they just want it now. I want to be rich now. I want to be a millionaire next year. They're trying to figure out some quick way to do it. And sometimes they get lucky and they do. And they get a lot of money. But guess what? They lose it. Again and again we see it. They lose it. Why? Because they didn't build the assets. They didn't develop the business skills. They didn't develop the business contacts. They didn't develop a real product, real services, not real systems, none of that. So that you can give them a lot of money, they get lucky maybe and get a lot of money, but then they quickly lose it. We see this with the lottery winners. I've used this example many times. Right? You take somebody who's poor, who has no financial skills at all. You give them $10 million. What happens? Are they now rich for the rest of their life? Not usually. Usually in about five years, it's all gone. It's in, I know all of us, we think, oh no, that's ridiculous. How can they lose it all? Because they no, have no assets. They didn't earn that money themselves. They didn't earn that money by building an asset, by building their business skills, by their knowledge, through all of those things. No, they just got it quickly, short term, and that's why they lose it. It's the same with relationships. Guys are guilty of this, young men. They think, ah, oh, if I just get that girl, that girl, this whatever, some girl who seems so attractive, if, if I just get her, then I'll be so happy. Everything will be great. My whole life will be wonderful. No, it won't. Sometimes you get lucky and you do it. Sometimes you get lucky and you get a girl who you're really not ready for or who maybe is, is not even really right for you. You're just attracted to her physically. That's it. But then what happens? Does it end happily ever after? No, it becomes a disaster. Why? Because you don't have the assets. You didn't develop your own life first. You're, you're, you're trying to get happiness from this girl. You think this, just getting this girl will make you happy. You neglected your assets. You neglected your own purpose in life. You didn't build your confidence. You didn't build your life experience. You didn't build your own values. You didn't build your character. And so it doesn't matter. No girl's going to give any of that to you. In fact, and if you get lucky and do get a girl who's very attractive or even who's truly wonderful, you're not going to keep her. Without those assets, you're not going to keep her. In fact, you're going to become miserable. You'll be miserable and the relationship will become, it will turn bad eventually. And it will eventually make you very, very, very unhappy. And women, it's the same thing. It's the same thing for you, young ladies. If you you think, ah, oh, if I just get that guy. Well, it's easy to attract men, especially if you're pretty. That's easy. Dress nice, flirt. Super easy. You'll have lots of guys coming after you. But guess what? Your beauty will fade with age. You're not going to get more beautiful with age. You're not going to get more physically attractive. You're going to get less. And if you don't, again, develop your character, the internal assets, that internal beauty, if you don't develop that, you are going to have a very unhappy life as you get older. 
again, look at look at all the Hollywood actresses who just look so mean and bitter and unhappy and terrible now when they get older. They hit middle age and oh my god, horrible. All those women who seemed so hot and amazing when they were young and they were so arrogant. Oh, they middle age and oh, it all turns horribly bad for them. That's what happens when you neglect character yourself, okay? So a man or a woman's not going to save you. They're kind of the benefit. You share that with them, but you have to develop the character in yourself. That's the real asset. That's why I'm so strong about independent learning, by the way. Because the ability to learn independently, to be self-motivated, to be a self-learner, that's a powerful asset in life. That is an asset that will benefit you your whole life, for a whole lifetime, anytime you want or need to learn anything. If you're not an independent learner, if you depend on schools, man, you're, you're in a bad situation. You leave school, you leave university or high school or whatever then the rest of your life you need teachers to tell you what to do all the time you need a classroom you're lost because your life's just starting as an adult you have a lot more to learn how are you going to learn it you're out of school now the ability to do research the ability to try things the ability to learn for yourself the ability to search for and find good coaches good materials especially the ability to be motivated self-motivated you don't need a teacher to tell you okay today study chapter one and then next week we have a test and you must memorize this for the test that's no good you need to be able to do all of that yourself. You need to be able to set your own goals for learning. You need to be able to figure out what you need to learn and why. You need to be able to learn it yourself, find the right materials, find the right coaches when necessary. But you are the master of your own learning. That's an incredible asset to have for your whole life that will help you financially, that will help you in whatever jobs or careers you have, help you with relationships, help you with health and fitness, anything because you will have the ability to solve problems figure things out and learn independently it's a powerful powerful and important asset I think you get the idea This is why, just reading the introduction, <laughs> I, uh, I realized, wow, I like this book a lot. This book is actually a, a bit deeper than I thought it was. As, as I said, you know, both these books, all these books we've done so far, I've read kind of a long time ago. So I have a general idea of these books, but then when I come back and read them again now, many years later, my feeling and my uh, ideas about these books are, and my reaction to these books is quite different than years ago when I was younger and read them. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, maybe I, with a book I might like it less than I did in the past. Maybe it's not as deep as I thought it was. I'm having the opposite reaction right now with the Seven Habits book. My memory was that it's just a very practical book, not very deep. But at least the introduction so far, I'm feeling, oh, actually, it's deeper than I thought. Uh, it's actually uh, more meaningful and a little more philosophical than I remembered. You know, this... I, I especially like Stephen Covey's focus on character. I really like that. Character versus personality. I think he's 100% right about that, that. That something changed in our modern world. I think 1913 is a good date. But it was probably a gradual thing, but... I think we can really see after 1913, especially in the States, 
a, a big cultural change towards this personality, right? Towards short-term results, getting everything now, now, now. Get rich quick. Get benefits quick. And uh, a kind of neglecting character. Character's not as exciting because it's slower, more difficult, <laughs> takes longer. And on the outside, it's, uh, it's not as obvious. I'm going to end with a story about this. You know, I mentioned, I, I told the story about Robin Williams. Kind of what I was just saying with the Hollywood people in general, how he had an amazing personality, which you could see in talk shows and you could even read about, you know, the guy was funny and energetic and all those things are great, perfectly fine. He was an entertainer. And you can imagine if you went to a party, maybe you went to a party, like 20 people at the party. If Robin Williams was at the party, he'd probably be the, in the middle of attention, right? Everybody would be focused on Robin Williams because he'd be shouting and telling jokes and laughing and going, acting crazy and entertaining everyone. Great charisma, amazing personality. But of course we know in, in truth when he was alone that he was very unhappy because he killed himself. So we know that it was kind of all outside skills and abilities and personality but his character was not happy at all. As, as, as I was thinking of this, I was thinking about that example of Robin Williams, I thought of a man that I uh, used to know back when I was a young man in my 20s call him Bob. It's not his real name, but we'll just call him Bob. And Bob is kind of the opposite example of this. So on the outside, Bob was uh, not, not nothing like Robin Williams. Like if you went to a party and Robin Williams was at the party and Bob was at the party, you would probably completely ignore Bob. He was kind of a quiet guy. Not loud. Not loud, not talkative. Didn't, didn't, you know, we say a man of few words. <laughs> That's an idiom. A man of few words. One of those guys who eh, just didn't like talking, talking, talking a lot. He would talk, but, you know, not talkative. Now, the other thing about Bob is that, uh, he, his, his general feeling when you're around him, when first meeting him, kind of, he didn't smile a lot. He wasn't really smiley uh, either. And he didn't, he wasn't constantly smiling. He just, if you just met him and just looked at him, he didn't look cheerful. He, he wasn't unfriendly, but he wasn't overly friendly. Right, his face would be kind of just uh, blank, kind of f just like no expression most of the time. I mean, he would smile if he was happy or telling a joke or something sometimes, but but overall, generally, kind of hard, like uh, kind of not a lot of emotion on his face. Even sometimes, uh, maybe get the feeling that he was even a little bit grumpy sometimes. <laughs> grumpy meaning like a little bit of a little bit of a bad mood. That was his personality. So seemingly on the outside, his personality was not certainly nothing like Robin Williams, right? And nothing like that kind of charisma not even close in fact sometimes I would be you know as a young man I was not so confident you have a siren all the time all the time 
as a young man, I wasn't very confident. And sometimes I felt kind of uncomfortable around Bob. Right? Because uh, because he didn't speak much, right? If you, So you can imagine you're sitting in a... Uh, let me let this siren go by. Jesus. So I, sometimes if I was, you know, say, sitting in a room with him, just him, I, 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 I was, I would get uncomfortable because he wouldn't speak. He would just sit there, kind of blank face, and nothing. He would say nothing, and I would get kind of huh, a little uncomfortable. Like, is is he in a bad mood? Is you know all these kind of thoughts in my head because I was a little insecure at that time, maybe more than a little. <laughs> And I know, not only me, I know uh, a lot of people kind of could feel that way around Bob sometimes. He didn't do anything mean, but just feeling a little uncomfortable around him. He didn't try hard to make you, you know, smile and laugh normally. So that's his personality. However, with time, with time, I got to know Bob better. He was never a close friend, but I did get to know him more and more and more. I was around him more. I got to be around him and other people more. And as I learned more and more about him, I began to see that his character was something quite different. Number one, his character was, he was a very, very honest person very honest he would speak honestly all the time now sometimes that was uncomfortable because he wouldn't he wouldn't uh, he would speak very directly sometimes right which maybe would be uncomfortable if he thought if he didn't like something he would just say I don't like that Right, and of course now, you know, if you wanna, if you wanna be, have more charisma, right? Someone like Robin Williams, well, maybe makes a joke or maybe avoids saying something directly like that. It's, it's a more effective technique to not just be di- super direct, <laughs> okay? But Bob didn't care about that. He just was his character deep inside an honest person so if he had a thought or an opinion or a belief he would just say it directly not trying to not trying to be mean not trying to hurt anyone's feelings but he wasn't going to pretend either he was just going to say the truth he was a very honest person well because he was so honest well, guess what? Over time, people who knew him for a while, they learned to trust him. They knew they could trust Bob. He was very trustworthy because they knew he's not going to lie. He's not going to cheat me. He's a very, very honest person. This is a good man who's very honest. This is a guy we can trust. And because they could trust him so much, they respected him too. Now, see, this is the other thing about Bob. He was very strong. I mean internally, mentally strong. Physically, he's pretty strong too, actually. But mentally strong. He's kind of kind of tough, right? He could handle difficulty. He didn't panic if uh, things went badly. If there was a problem in his life or something bad happening, he didn't freak out. He didn't get upset. He didn't complain. But I never heard Bob complain about anything. He didn't just sit around complaining, complaining about bad stuff. He just stayed calm. He stayed calm and he solved the problem. He would just handle the problem confidently and calmly. So this is the other reason people trusted Bob because you realize, well, man, this is the kind of guy I want. If if around me, if 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 some bad things are happening, if there's a pro, if there's difficult times, you want you want to be friends with a guy like Bob, who's he's not gonna oh my god, and he's not going to panic, he's not gonna become afraid, he's not gonna complain, he's not gonna become negative and complain. <laughs> This sucks. He's just going to stay calm, be strong, and deal with the problem.
Bob also had an amazing marriage. His wife was wonderful, so sweet and just beautiful, wonderful woman. And she loved, loved, loved and adored him. And I, I, I'm using past tense because Bob uh, has passed away. He's, he died recently. I imagine she still does love and adore him and miss him. And he had two children. And his children loved, loved, loved and adored him too. And respected him. This is important. Not just love, but respect. And I'd say not only his family loved and respected him, but most of the people around him loved and respected him. Even people who didn't love him. (laughs) I won't say I loved him, but I, I had a great respect for him. And the more I was around and the more I got to know him, that respect got stronger. And because of that, Bob was actually a leader in his uh, social circle, in his social life. People looked up to him. They looked to him as a leader. He was a very effective, a very strong, a very respected leader. So he... When when you look deeply, when you're around him longer, you started to realize that Bob actually did have charisma. Charisma is that ability to be persuasive, to be socially attractive to people. Like immediately, first meeting him, maybe you you might even feel the opposite about him. This guy doesn't have much charisma, right? But if you met a guy like Robin Williams, right, right away, immediately you feel, oh my God, this guy, he's so energetic, he's so fun, he's so, he's so crazy and funny and amazing, right? You go to the party, everyone's going to focus on Robin Williams. No one will even remember Bob. You might meet him at a party and never, you wouldn't, you'd leave, you wouldn't remember meeting him. Especially if someone like Robin Williams was at the party with all that personality. But then, long term, very different. Deeper. Character, very different. Bob had character. And so the people in his life that knew him, right, longer term, respected him, listened to him, saw him as a very strong leader in their lives. And as far as I know, Bob seemed very, very happy in his life. In fact, did seem very happy. Like I said, he had a very happy family, and when I saw him around his family, he seemed very, very happy. But just this kind of calm happiness, not that crazy, funny, laughing, smiling, joking Robin Williams kind of pretend happiness. It was a deeper happiness, a quiet happiness, a calm, quiet, peaceful happiness. That again, was not obvious immediately. This is the difference between deep and shallow. This is the difference between character and personality. Bob had character. Robin Williams had personality. And the great, great danger, especially in our media age right now, the great danger is that personality gets the attention. Personality gets all of the immediate attention. You know, personality is more obvious. Personality is louder. This is the great, great danger that so many people become attracted to personality because they don't look more deeply. They go to the party. They see the guy like Robin Williams. Oh, amazing. I want to be like him. He must be happy. Look how energetic he is. He's so funny, jumping around, smiling all the time. Who's uh, that Bob guy? Ah, he's boring. Character's boring. It's a huge mistake. 
we see where those paths ended up. Like I said, Bob did die, but he died naturally. And uh, I think he was very, very, very happy right to the end of his life. And Robin Williams, we know, was miserable. Extremely unhappy. He killed himself. It's your choice to live for others for that outside attention or to live for inside peace and happiness and goodness and character. I recommend that one. Take care of those assets. Alright, we'll be back with the seven habits of highly effective people, starting with habit number one this weekend. Habit number one. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. That's an asset. Those lessons are assets that you can use again and again and again. Many, many, many times. And you will get those benefits. But you got to focus on the assets. Join today. Commit. It's a commitment. You have to work at it. You know, it's keep putting that effort into it. It should be enjoyable. I make it enjoyable for you. But you still have to put something in. You have to take care of your assets and build them. And then you will get those benefits for life. Join and commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Go now to EffortlessEnglishClub.com.